Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You tuned in to your favorite hockey podcast once again, perhaps your favorite sporting podcast, perhaps your favorite podcast, bar none. We've traveled the world over recent weeks. Looking back, we've uh, gone to the Netherlands, then we came back to SA, went over to Durban. Then uh, last week, uh, we went down under, and we spoke to Lene Milan. Uh, but who do we have on board this week, and where are we? Well, to tell us more, joining me, as always, my co-host, my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard. How you doing, Ty? Yeah, good uh, morning, Derek. It is morning while we are recording, so good morning. Uh, we're not going as far today, but uh, you know, you don't always have to go far to go great. So we are actually, all three of us today are up here in Johannesburg, just in slightly different parts of the city of gold. And of course, it's going to be another great hockey conversation. Yeah, that's uh, been a first in a, in a long time. All three guests, well, two hosts and a guest, uh, being in the same city, never mind the same province, but it is episode 58, and who are we talking about, time? Yeah, so none other than uh, Ricky West, the man with 34 caps for South Africa, uh, probably should have got a bit more, but it's really as a coach that he is stealing the headlines of late as he uh, led Wits both to their first ever Premier League and then a defender of it as well. Um so he's got, he can share with us information about playing, about coaching. He's also, his business is in the game of hockey, well, and other sports, but in the game of hockey. So there's administration. The one thing he might not be able to talk too much about is umpiring, but uh, we can leave that out. Ricky, morning. <laughs> morning, Tyler. I think that's a good call. Let's not talk about umpiring. Um, I'm the best umpire on the field, um, but yeah, when I actually have to do it, I'm pretty hopeless, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, and and what was your favorite card color that you used to get? Was it the green, the yellow, or the red? Well, I've, I've been known to to get a lot of greens, and then I then I stop pushing the boundaries. But <laughs> I suppose we do all transgress a little bit further time from time to time. <laughs> Yeah, look, Derek. Derek only gets red cards, but he thinks it's just because it's his favourite colour. Um, he's never been much of a, a hockey player, but uh, yeah, Ricky, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, uh, we're up to episode fifty-eight, and that's a good number because there's many people that feel you should have been closer to fifty-eight caps than the thirty-four that you did get. Is that a little bit of a frustration when you look back at your playing career? I guess I guess it probably is. I, I guess I would have liked to 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 get a couple more caps under my belt. Um, I, I got I got into the setup quite late. Um, I, I got invited to my first cap at twenty six. Um, my first camp role at twenty six. Um, but look, I, I'm the first to admit that look, I was maybe a little bit of a difficult uh, player to to handle and coach in my early days. Um, so that maybe be one reason, and then the other reason was that there was a really well-established team at the time with with Greg Clark, and uh, there were there were players that I knew I, I wasn't yet better than, or, or at least competing with, uh, to be able to get into the team. So, yeah, th- that team was was well-established, and it was going to take something something really special to to get an opportunity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that I waited around so long. Um, I, I think when I made it, I changed my 
my whole mindset on the game. I'd been desperate to try and break into the team for the longest time. Um, and I think that was possibly affecting the way I was performing for, for my province. And, you know, I think it was 2010 in PE, uh, I decided, look, you know, my dream might be gone. Let me just try and be the best player for Southerns at that point. Um, we, we used to have this little internal uh, award system, which was like the Tour de France, where you'd get the yellow jersey for man of the match and a green jersey for moment of the day, you know, you know how those sort of things go. Um, so, I, so I kind of made a goal for myself to be sort of in yellow on the final day um, and really just be be as best as I can for for my team. We hadn't won an IPT for so long. So that's, yeah, that's that's what I did. And, you know, thankfully after that, I, I, I was invited to a camp. Um, so I, I wish I'd made that mindset or I'd wish someone had maybe given me that information to change my mindset uh, a little bit earlier on. I think if I'd got in earlier, maybe 23 or whatever the case is, I think I, I possibly could have got more caps, as you said, um, because the, the learning curve is super steep. The, the jump from um, IPT to, to sort of international is is so, so steep. And, and even at training sessions, you learn so much. And, and I think I handled that well. Um, so, yeah, if I'd got in a little bit sooner, I, I possibly could have got, I could have got many more caps. Ricky, Derek, yeah, great to have you on board. Now, you, you speak about you, you weren't the, the easiest of characters to deal with when you were younger, and it's not the first time I've heard that from sporting personalities. And, and they always look back, or they often look back and think, yeah, exactly what you just said, if only my mindset had changed uh, back in the day. And, and why do you think that was? I mean, is it a case of going from being a, a big fish in a small pond to the, the, the reverse? Um, Obviously, going from wherever you went from, you know, extremely talented individual, going into a group of people that were just just as talented as you were. Yeah, Derek, it's it's uh, look. Let, let, let me let me put it this way. So, I think I was just so driven to to achieve it. Um, mm. When I was at school, I had this. I, I used to put little tape on my on my glove that had the, the words G I T A N C, Gitank. I had it above my bed, and and that stood for goal is to achieve national colours. Oh wow! And I, and I think I think that I think that was possibly uh, overriding everything else. I, I I say I was difficult because I was just so driven to achieve that that I, that I was I was maybe had a bit of tunnel vision, and I didn't take in um, that I, I I was maybe not a, a likable person on the field. Um, maybe I wasn't as coachable. I think I was largely um, misunderstood and and even even today uh, my, maybe my reputation precedes me but I think I was just so focused and driven that um, you know I didn't really care what other people thought I didn't really care on if uh, people enjoyed playing with me or against me I, I just I just had this overarching sort of goal that I was that I was chasing um, and then you know at 26 at, at 26 when I decided look maybe maybe big tank is is no more um, and I changed my mindset. I think maybe that that whole shift in my behavior maybe just sort of opened everything up for me. So yeah, I think that was that was it. I think I was just I was just so supremely driven that I didn't pay attention to maybe some smaller parts. And, and I mean that's not a bad thing whatsoever. Okay, maybe um, you made a a few enemies along the way just by your attitude. But I mean, I, I, we've spoken about it often on the show, and and a lot of the reason I kept one of the reasons that I never achieved anything in sport was because firstly I had no talent, but secondly, and this was definitely the overriding feature, I wasn't driven. 
Uh, I mean, I did the bare minimum when it came to training, etc., be it rugby or cricket or, or whatever the sport. I mean, to have the foresight that you had to to have written Gatank, I mean, I wouldn't have even known what that meant when I was when I was a lighty. Um, and that, that's pretty impressive. And, and, and to go on to achieve that goal too, uh, and you, you speak about have, being a little bummed about your attitude, but yet you, the attitude got you there in the first place. Yeah, and you, you know, I, I think it's a South African thing because um, because I've definitely heard some Dutch coaches speak differently about it. Is that you know, in South Africa, we we, we tend to as coaches shy away from the difficult players because mm. you know it's going to make your life difficult as a coach, and, and you know that attitude stinks when. You know, I think just being able to harness and utilize what what the this player person brings to the party can can actually bring your team way more benefit than you leaving them out, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I think that was a maybe uh, maybe there were just not many people that were w- willing to work with me. Um, and now, as a coach myself, I, I try and look and and see these these people that people talk maybe badly of and i'm like well you know this guy's incredibly talented i need as a coach i need to try and harness that mm. rather than just leave him out because he's going to give me gray hair yeah and I, I can imagine playing in a team sport that that certainly adds a different dynamic because if you think of someone like like tiger woods who was obviously driven from from pretty much birth and his dad had a, a massive role to play uh from the stories i've heard he doesn't seem like a very likable person and We've seen it emanate in, in, in many, many news reports. But, uh, but, uh, but again, if you're just on your own, then, then who cares? I mean, pretty much everyone is your opponent anyway, as opposed to a team sport where, of course, you've, you've got teammates and opponents. Absolutely. I, I think, um, I, I think uh, please, don't, please don't think I'm comparing myself to Michael Jordan, <laughs> but if you watched uh, The Last Dance. Yeah, that's um, a great, great comparison. Lo- I think you'll get a lot of... A lot of um, feelings that the players in his teams and the players he played against didn't necessarily like him mm. but he drove them he drove them to be better um and he led by example a lot of the time so you know I, I, that out of that whole documentary i think the moment i liked the most was when he said like and he got a bit teary he said like if these players don't like it then then they mustn't play yeah sort of thing um you know and I, and I related to that i was, I was like maybe i was you know it was just i was completely driven to it and and maybe as i said tunnel vision I mean, Ricky, obviously, uh, I've known you for quite a while now, and uh, it's interesting because uh, I've known your competitive edge, but I didn't quite know this side of you. As, as I've more seen you as the, the more refined Ricky on the, on the field, still um, a guy who, who gets passionate about games and stuff, which is what you want. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you were to categorize, uh, you know, describe yourself as a, a hockey player. I mean, how would you describe your on-field characteristics? Uh, you know, if somebody said, what type of player are you? Um, I'd say, I would definitely say I'm feisty. Um, I, but, but, but overarching and, and above all, I am a team man. I, you know, I, I, I will sacrifice myself for the team. I'll get stuck in, I'll get in the way, I'll get hit. And if, if, if I'm required to just, defend uh and just be a man marker the whole time you know whatever my role is that's that's what i will do um and i, and I think it's interesting that you, that you say maybe you haven't seen the side i was just talking about before when i started coaching more seriously um i, I learned so much more about my own game um, and i think i definitely toned toned my game down in terms of sort of maybe being a bit too aggressive or whatever 
Um, and also that, you know, I, I needed to, you know, I needed to be a role model to the boys that I'm coaching now because you know, I can't be saying do this uh, and then I'm doing the complete opposite. But yeah, from a, from a, from a player point of view, uh, I'm definitely feisty, but I'm, I'm a team man through and through. Uh, and that's something I've prided myself on for, for the longest time. Yeah. And, and speaking of being a team man, is that something that you like to instill in um, the players that you coach now? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, and, and I've got a, a really cool story that I'm proud of at Wits University where you know, we, when we started, we were, we were quite way down and we were kind of the whipping boys and we just instilled these, these ideals of, you know, like be buy into the team, believe, um, and, and we've created something that's, that's really cool. So you know, I've, I've always been um, happy teams and good teams are always, uh, are always competitive teams. Now, now, Ricky, I mean, obviously, there is also another interesting element to it, is that you are still playing. Um, you played Wanderers, which is also, and, and I hope Wanderers are listening, uh, the club that uh, most of us want to go play for when we retire one day. Um, it's the old boys club, um, but you're still playing in the Premier League for Wanderers. It's still a great team. It's a team with great history, huge names, but you're also coaching Wits in the same, in the same league. I mean, as that challenge of spreading yourself and, uh, you know, how hard is it when uh, Vitz play Wanderers to not give away all the secrets? <laughs> it's a very good question. So, um, yeah, I do still play. I'm very much involved at Wanderers. It's been close to my heart for the last sort of 12 years. Um, I'm on a committee there at, at the moment. Um, but obviously, and, and I told them from the beginning, that Vitz is my priority. So you're know, be, being, being in the first team, uh, when when the Vitz fixture comes up, uh, there's a lot of nasty words that are that are flung around the WhatsApp group, uh, followed by a quick deletion, um, and I get removed from the group for the for that upcoming week. I'm banned from training sessions, um, and until the game until the game comes around on the weekend. So yeah, I, I uh, I'm firmly in my my Vitz colours on those weekends. They get pretty heated because the boys don't just want to beat uh, to beat. The, the Wanderers boys don't just want to beat Vitz, but they also want to beat me and uh, and be able to hurl some abuse. So yeah, but I mean, oh, the, the, those are the best games of of the season when uh, when it's getting feisty on both sides and on the bench. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad that I'm able to contribute still to two two really good clubs. And we've got to speak about 2018, Ricky. Um... Yeah, of course, uh, with Vitz to the historic title for the first time. Uh, secrets behind that success? I think, Derek, I think it's a culmination of, uh, of, of the hard work that the boys, the boys put in. To be honest, I've got, I've got great staff. Um, we've got great support from the university itself. Um, and I've got a really talented group. I've had a really talented group. So when I started, I, I recruited pretty hard. And, um, you know, it took us two years to get up to that point where we were able to really compete for the league. We wanted to. We always wanted to. We said, this is our goal, guys. If we can win the Southern Gauteng Premier League, then, you know, people are going to start taking us serious. And, I mean, as you know, with all leagues, it, those, are the, those are the difficult ones to, to win because you have to be consistent throughout, uh, throughout the season and, and, and even more so for university because you – you have other competitions as well that you need to play in. So the, the USA tournament and, and if it's your year, the Varsity Cup tournament. So the league was something really special. It was the first time in 70-odd years 
that that um, Vitz had won the, the Premier League. Um, and yeah, I think it really it really started giving all the other teams in the league um, and and you know even the other universities were starting to turn heads and say, look, these guys are serious contenders. Um, and you know we we need to start take them more seriously than we have in the past. So yeah, that that was that was really uh, I don't want to I don't use the cliche, cliche dream come true, um, but it, it's something we worked really hard for. Uh, and I'm I'm most pleased that we that I was able to teach these guys that if there's something that you really really want, um, then and 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 you've driven and you set your mind to achieving it, then you can do it. You, you absolutely can do it, but it takes a lot of sacrifice. Now I've heard. In the past, they say that winning a league in any sport is extremely difficult. Uh, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. But being able to defend a title is even, is even tougher, especially if you're coming from nowhere. And, uh, I mean, we saw, for instance, Leicester uh, in the Premier League when they won and then they're, they're defending when they defended it. I mean, they were nowhere, nowhere close. And, and that's often because now suddenly they've got a target on their back and people realize, geez, these guys are, are ones to watch out for. Yet you managed to to pull it off, and you repeated the success a year later. And did you find it easier, or, or, or do you think that that old saying true in that it was a whole lot more difficult to defend? No, as you say, you got a, you got a target on your back, and everyone wants to go out and uh, and 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 beat the sort of title holders. Um, and also for for us personally, we were like we, we, were, we were we really wanted to make sure that people knew that this was not a fluke and a once-off that, that, you know, we can do this uh, time and time again. And, and that's part of our goal. So it, it, it was, it was tougher than the year before. And um, for sure, we, we, we went down to the last game against Wanderers. We had to win. Wanderers were, uh, were uh, they, they could afford a draw to, to come out on top. And yeah, it, it was probably one of the most exciting games uh, I've been involved in for a long time. We 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 pulled our goalkeeper off twice to to go for to go for a goal to take the lead. It worked both times. They pulled their goalkeeper off with the last two or three minutes to go to go for for the win as well, or to to get the draw for the league win. Um, you know, it, it was nail biting. So it it was it was cool to win that way. Um, but yeah, it, it was difficult to peak twice uh, last year with with the USA tournament as well. And witnessing those successes, no doubt, led to individual accolades for the players themselves. Now, going from a person who was very much focused on his own success, you mentioned Gatank growing up, where it was all about you, you, you. Suddenly, it's about us, 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 or them, 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 uh, in, in terms of the players. Um, how rewarding was it seeing your players reach national colors like you did back in the day? Yeah, I think this could probably be a very interesting question. You could ask Gareth Ewing as well because he coached he coached a lot of us for the longest time. But um, yeah, incredibly, incredibly rewarding and and very proud of you know the work the guys have put in it and being able to achieve what they what their dreams were, um, and and it's possibly guys that were overlooked in the, in the past who universities weren't really clambering over to, to, to offer bursaries to, or to, to, to come to the university to play for them. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm proud in the sense that I was able to get them to, or, or provide a platform that they could shine in. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, we've got a couple of uh, new guys in the system who we've got the same targets for. We said like, these guys are really good players 
we need we need to expose them to the to the right f- facilities, platforms, um, coaches, systems. They will definitely get the recognition um, if they bring their part as well. Uh, and and talking about uh, you know their part. I mean, and talking about Gareth Ewing. Gareth Ewing, of course, uh, a coach who, as you say, coached many of you across the years and is now being rewarded with the national coaching position because your name is now starting to get mentioned in conversations when we're talking about who are coaches for higher honours. Um, have you written anything on your, your coaching glove about what your, your goal is there? So I know I haven't. I, I knew this question would come up and I thought about <laughs> how I'm going to answer it. Um, no, I haven't. I, I'm really enjoying my work at WITS. Um, I largely get to do it the way I see best. Um, you know, and, I, and I don't, I, I don't know if that, if you're always going to get that sort of opportunity if you, if you're coaching levels higher up. So it's not a no, it's not a complete no, uh, or, or it's not on the cards. It's, it's something I'm not thinking about at the moment. No. And, and it's an interesting, interesting point because obviously you have coached uh, provincially under 21s and, and I mean, there'll be a clamor for you to get involved with potentially leading the Southern's men to, to try and reclaim the title that they've slipped up in the past two years. Uh, but is there still any ambition for you to, to play at that level or is your provincial playing days done? Um, no, I'm, I'm entering into the, the fantastic world of Masters hockey, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's really nice to be able to play against some guys. They're, they're honestly some guys I've played against since 14 years old at the end of 14 IPTs in Potchefstroom are, are now guys that I'm playing in the SA Masters team with. So um, I, I think even my Premier League days are, are slightly uh, are possibly behind me. Um, but I'm, the, I'm enjoying the master side of it. It's it's fun. Um, it is it is really competitive as well. And you know, it's 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 really it's great to see the the enthusiasm some of the the masters players have. And, and I'm not talking about the 35 to 40s because you know those guys. A lot of those guys, if you if you uh, if you look back, they probably still play Premier League hockey. But you look at like the guys in their fifties and their sixties, the passion they still have for the game, and and the fact that you're still able to play for your country in a team sport that's fairly physical at those ages. I mean, that that really puts a smile on my face a lot of the time. Well, I, I, of course, I mean the, the Masters, and of course, massive massively uh, would have been happening now, or would have just actually finished uh, the World Cup for the over 45s, 50s, 65s, and the spirits of Masters. Coming to Cape Town next year, um, it will be the third most uh, participated in sporting event worldwide. So uh, if people don't know enough about Masters, they really should get involved. I've also, I also read an amazing stat that uh, so Heineken are the title sponsors, and they actually say that in that week, or that 10 days of Masters, Heineken will sell more beer in those 10 days than they sell in the Western Cape in a month normally. That doesn't surprise me one bit. It's a pop, <laughs> popular, um, very popular in fines meetings, um, and yeah, large, large number of beers get consumed in those uh, in those activities. I mean, and and speaking of fines meetings, Ricky, is there is there any fines? Uh, or let me ask it this way: 
if you were planning a fines meeting tomorrow, who is the player that has to come with to be the fines commissioner? Out of every player you've played with or coached or anything, who's the ultimate fines master? <laughs> yes, they are so good. And, you know, if you, gave, if you gave me some time, I would I would put a list of 20 down that I think we could sell tickets to. <laughs> but um, I think uh, there's a guy, uh, Gareth Murray, um, old Spider Murray, is definitely a guy that uh, that springs top of mind at the moment. Um, he, he's, he's brilliant. He lives in Australia now, ex-Boc. Ex um, and then in our Masters team, uh, we have uh, Scotty Fraser out in the Western Cape and Stu McDade, uh, who, who run uh, an incredible fines. Um, and you know, I think they contribute a large portion uh, of that uh, beer consumption that you were just talking about. Uh, they definitely do a lot of that dishing out. Uh, so, yeah, th those, those three at the moment are, are sort of top of mind. They, they, they know how to hold fines. So you're an experienced finesman, and I love finds, finds, uh, finds meetings. Uh, no matter where the place, the sport doesn't really matter. But uh, that all something that always goes hand in hand with the finds meeting are the requisite songs. Uh, what's your favourite song to sing along to when uh, your teammates are having to down liters and liters of beer? Derek, I think we're going to get in trouble if I use some of the songs that uh, that are popular at the moment. But but what I will tell you is that Scotty Fraser, who runs our Masters Finds, uh, he he has banished the use of any songs that are traditional fine songs, and he he comes up with um, popular songs um, or, or sort of golden oldies, and he adapts them with players' names in. Uh, and, and let me tell you, that is quite hilarious. And the, 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 I, I don't know where he finds the time to to sit out. And uh, I think he just puts his iPod on shuffle and says, oh, you know, this song, I think we could use Westy in this song. And I think we could use McDade in this song. And um, oh, That is gold. You know, I, I have some of that. Uh, you, you, I think you could probably be pretty good at that, Derek. I think you should... Uh, uh, in your next fines, that can be your next calling. I, I, I won't lie. I've, I've had a hand in, in a couple of songs in the past so with our rugby team and then also something a, a bit more famous. So I won't go into detail, but uh, it did make uh, national news not too long ago where I had a hand in in, in the song, uh, being the song's lyricists. But uh, but yeah, en enough said about that. Um, but it does go, <laughs> we, we've gone from your sporting side. <laughs> to, we've gone from the sporting side of things to... The retirement, so to speak, in terms of fines meetings, we spoke about coaching, but there is still plenty other that you're involved in because it's not just about hockey with you. Uh, we do, we are still in the sporting landscape, but uh, there's also a business side to you too. Yeah, I think we've, we're fortunate that we uh, that we are that we have a business in in sport, predominantly hockey and cricket. Um, yeah, and it, you know. It's again cliche, and I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy using the cliches all the time. But you know, we love what we do. It doesn't feel like work. We go out and I get to play with products and check new products out and do reviews on them. And um, yeah, that, that is that's very fun. And uh, yeah, we also get to 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 meet and work with a lot of other special athletes. And so yeah, very very privileged and fortunate to be able to work in sport. Yeah, so, uh, so Ricky, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your business, uh, Sports Republic, and also about the the hockey brand that you bring into the country. Yeah, thanks, Ty. So, yeah, we have uh, we're busy opening our second Sports Republic. Um, we, we we're currently only in in Gauteng. Um, you know, maybe maybe in a couple of years we could look to to venture out. Um, 
But this is this is where we're strong. This is where we live. Uh, we've got two sports shops, one at St. Stephen College and the one opening pretty soon at St. Benedict's College. Um, it's a it's a multifaceted sports store with uh, with cricket and hockey primarily um, because you know, the, those sports require quite a lot of equipment. But we, we do cater for for tennis and squash and some rugby products and soccer and all of that. Um, and we also it does it does give us the opportunity to sell some of the brands that we do import and distribute. So two two of our main brands are Focus Cricket and Osaka Hockey. Um, so we sell those out of our out of our stores, and and we also distribute those to to some of the popular retailers around the country. And of course, uh, you guys are doing a really cool thing uh, with Sports Republic. You know, by right, the first time you've been releasing a, a series of videos on. Um, on social media where you take people through uh, the products uh, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, was that always an idea? And, and I mean, isn't as a retailer, you want people to buy wrong so they buy again? <laughs> oh, dear. <It's>, uh... <laughs> Good thinking, uh, Tyron. Um, tell me if if, uh, if your line of work doesn't work out, I've got a job as a salesman in my business. Um, so yeah, the the review side of it is something we've we've recently implemented. Um, you know, going going through lockdown, um, you know, the the tap was largely switched off. There was no sport, which means there's no demand on on product or for product. So we. I, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube on you know, various business aspects and some fun things. And I thought about how I shop and I, I, I always like to go and look at reviews before I buy anything. And I was like, you know, I wonder if there's anything like that in, in sport. Uh, and, you know, like searching YouTube, I, I couldn't find anything, anything reasonable. Nothing, certainly nothing in South Africa and, you know, even, even overseas or, or sort of on the World Wide Web, there wasn't anything out there that was just as a shop, just doing pure reviews on, on different products. So we said, look, we've got, we've got a bit of time. Let's start this YouTube channel and let's, let's take some products and do some reviews on it. Um, yeah. So we, we've, we've got a goal to get to 35 videos and then we're going to look and see where we, where we need to change and what we need to do. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. I, I'm certainly not, uh, not a YouTube sensation just yet, but, uh, it's something that we would like to continue. And I think it does provide value. We've been getting good feedback from people saying, yes, I'm really enjoying that. I didn't, I didn't know about this product or I didn't know about how to select the correct hockey stick or the correct cricket bat or how to put a grip on for argument's sake. No, I quite enjoyed uh, you did the uh, soccer, you know, MK ones the other day. And of course, uh, uh, you and I are actually giving a pair away. Well, you're giving it away through through the magazine. So uh, any listeners, you've got till the 29th of October to go check out Instagram, Hockey, the magazine. Obviously, check out Osaka South Africa, Osaka SA, Osaka Hockey SA on Instagram. We are giving away a pair of those. So you go watch the review. Um, Ricky talks you through. I mean, there's quite a quite a lot of uh, impressive facts. I mean, how much did you have to research before you went and recorded that? <laughs> it, that was that's been the easiest one so far because I've actually been involved in the process uh, behind the scenes, seeing what, what what the development has been over the last two years. Because you know, it's taken it's taken that long to get the issues to to sort of market. Um, I knew a lot about the shoe already and. Yeah, you know, that that's been quite easy. Some of some of the other products that I I, I kind of need to go and figure out and learn for myself, and um, and I also you know we we wanted to be really organic and 
like our own personal opinion. So I don't, I don't really want to go and read up what other people have wrote about it or all the exact tech specs. We want to, we want to tell people what we think is really cool about it, uh, about any other products and that sort of thing. So yeah, we, we encourage people to try and comment and ask questions because there's stuff that we miss. And, you know, it's, it's really simple. You ask a question and we can, we can answer it on the spot and hopefully other people have had the same, same sort of question. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Uh, um, we're enjoying it. Uh, it. We we get we certainly get a lot of laughs in there when we're doing some filming. Um, I've, I've I've asked uh, I've asked our editor to try and put put some more blooper reels together because those those get far more hits than the actual reviews themselves. Uh, Ricky, it is 2020, so we can't have a discussion in 2020 without uh, discussing. Uh, the buzzword of 2020, which uh, of course is COVID. And, and there's no doubt it would have affected you massively both in the sporting side of things and the business side of things. Uh, I mean, just for example, I'm, I'm on your website now and uh, pretty cool. I got a 15% discount uh, with that little spinning wheel, which I really liked. Um, but just for example, for instance, I see you've got squash catering for individual sports and I, I'm a massive squash, squash fan. I haven't been able to play at all over the last couple of months. Um, and it's still the case. Uh, I'm a member of, of one of the gyms. I've had to join an individual squash club. I can imagine this must have put a massive dent in uh, your progress again on both the sporting field and uh, the business, uh, the boardroom. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's talk about the the boardroom first. Uh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, um, it's difficult for everyone. Let's be honest. It, it was just such a strange feeling that. In the last couple of years, you know, you, you, you create the demand for the products that you have um, and you're able to supply them. And now it, it's it's like the, the, as I said earlier, the tap has just run dry. We had, we had someone looking at our pool the other day and I was trying to relate it to, to sort of him to tell him how sort of horrible this period has been. And I said, like, it's you going to, to service pools and you've done it your whole life. And all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, no one has a pool anymore. Mm. Like th- th- that's the kind of feeling that we had. We're like, and we are trying all these things. We we had some really cool initiatives and some some chats with sponsored players to try and drive or generate some interest. And you know, eventually we just realized like there's just no no appetite for product or buying. Um, and you know, we, we kind of just need to ride it through. So yeah, you know, on the business side, it was it's it's been really tough. But I think we've adapted well. We've made certain changes that are that are positive uh, and you know we're going to look back and say thank goodness that we went through something like this because we would never have learned that about our business uh, it, had we not um, you know we would have we would have carried on flogging the same the, the, doing business the same way and now we uh, now we have learned things that we're implementing now and we're seeing results straight away so that that's good from the from the coaching side my my the thing that makes me the most sad is that the, the boys and the kids haven't been able to to get out there and showcase themselves. From at Vitz, we had we had a we had a really good opportunity this year. Our, our squad was really mature. A lot of guys um, leaving at the end of this year, um, but we had a really good mature team, and we could have really competed for Varsity Cup. And then if you look at the under 18s who would have gone to their IPTs to play uh, in the in the IPT in the competition there. Who, who would get scouted by coaches like myself to come and play at the universities. They've completely missed out on those opportunities. And, and it could have been a breakout year for a couple of these guys. So, you know, I'm, I'm sad that they haven't been able to, to do that. Um, 
and and I hope that they find an opportunity or a platform um, to play in so that they one day can can also get tank um, because it would have definitely affected some of them. It's interesting that you know we've we've had plenty of guests over the course of uh, the last few months uh, during COVID, and without a doubt, uh, to a man to a woman, the most frustrated about COVID has been the coaches because. Whereas the players are only worried about themselves and they say, well, it's, you know, it's been tough, but at least, you know, I'm keeping up with my training, et cetera. Whereas the coaches, you're worried about other people and it's not just one person. It's a group of people and you want to ensure that they're able to train. You, you want to ensure that they're able to, to keep their fitness levels up so that when things do resume, it's pretty much as if nothing, nothing came in, in the middle in the first place. And, and, and again, it goes back to, the changes in your mindset, for instance, going from a player into a coach, how things completely changed the way of thinking or your way of thinking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for, for a lot of these, for, for the school, school goers and the university goers, like your hockey, or that, that was your release from, you know, all the pressures that you're dealing with at school. Um, and, and now that's completely been taken away. How... how and it was difficult for a lot of the boys that told us that they really were battling and we needed to, we needed to do some interventions um, just to make sure that they're on the right track. But yeah, it was, it, it really hasn't been easy for them. And, and I think it's very valuable. Or, 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 or I asked a question on Facebook a while back. So what, what do you think people's relationship with sport is going to be because of, because of not being um, exposed to or being able to play sport for, or the six months, or whatever the case is, and you know, I, I don't, I don't have the answer, and I don't know what uh, what exactly everyone's feeling is, but I, I certainly feel there's a lot more uh, appreciation for what you possibly may have taken for granted in the past. Yeah, uh, and just finally, I mean, you spoke about Gatank. Um, was this something that you created, or, or had you heard it before? No, I'm, I made it up. Uh, it's uh, brilliant. I absolutely love it. And and have you? Not copyrighted, but have you got this in the mindset of your players? So uh, you said, yeah, maybe some of them can get tank. Have, have you told them, listen, keep this word, keep repeating it. It's going to happen. You know, I, I, Derek, it's strange. I, I actually, I've never brought it up with my Vitz boys um, because it's actually opposite to what I think that we should be doing, if that makes sense. Mm. So I, think I, I don't want them to be, and a lot of them have asked me, like, what do they need to do to get into the national team? I was like, well, first you need to be the best player in, the, in my team, in our team. Um so yeah, I haven't really. I, I yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I see it as a good thing in my in in my career that I was so driven. But I I think the lesson I learned at twenty six is probably the better lesson to be teaching these youngsters. Yeah, absolutely love it. Uh, Ricky, before we give you the the one question quiz, um, this is a nice chance for you to give a shout out to those those individuals who have had the biggest impact on your development as both a player and a coach over your career? Um, well, there's quite a couple. I'm gonna, I'll just rattle off. Uh, one of my earliest coaches, Ben Walsh, um, I, I learned, I learned the, a phrase that I use all the time and I, I implemented with my teams, said, do things right and things will go your way. Um, and that's something that he told us when I was 15 or so. And as something that I've implemented in teams for the longest time, Gareth Ewing had a huge, um, a huge impact on 
on our careers. Uh, a lot of us who who played under him for for a long time at Rao and UJ. Um, yeah, and you know more recently, Adrian Carter at Wits University. When he started at Wits University, when I first got there, he, he turned around Wits Sport. Um, he's now at St Stidiums, and, and we're looking forward to um, similar similar sort of uh, track. Um, yeah, th- those those are some guys that come to mind uh, immediately, and I think also a lot of my my friends and peers that I've played with, I think they also drive you to to be better. We were, we have a very competitive group of friends and we always are driving each other to be better. You know, you know, you never want to give uh, Migsy for argument. Like you never want to give Migsy an edge. And I, and I think that's, that we, we've all towed each other uh, together to be, to be better. And and now that that was on, on the field. Now it's on the sideline. We were also learning from each other. We were questioning each other on, on things that they're doing. So that, that those, those coaches and then the players I've played with, I would guess. Yeah, so uh, Derek, what you what uh, Ricky might not remember because uh, mm-hmm. I'm probably the one that shut it out. So, so Ricky is a year older than me, but when I was uh, in high school, I played in the. Oh, that Colby wants to be part of the podcast now. <laughs> um, I played. I was at Boxburg High. Ricky was at Parktown Boys, and uh, this was probably the best Parktown Boys team ever. Um, they were the, the dominant force, and uh, we went to go play them. Uh, I think it was an under-16 game. So Ricky was under-16, or you were probably playing first team already, Ricky. But um, it was under-16, and, and we went to Parktown's Astro. It was like a Tuesday night, and we played the under-16 game. And I promise you, I've never been made, in all my years of playing hockey, that, that was the game that we ran the most. We defended like Trojans, and we lost like 12-0. Um, I, I remember Lance Lowe playing against me and thinking, "This is these Oaks are just too good. These Oaks are too good. <laughs> I mean, there must have been, it must have been pretty cool when you look back at school that you were part of such a dominant schoolboy side. We, we were incredibly privileged to, to go to a school so I started standard six at Krugersdorp High School, uh, deep on the West Rand. Uh, and I got a bursary at um, what, what is Form 2 at Parktown Boys to come across and play hockey. And I remember, I'll never forget it, we walked over the hill, Melly Hill there, past the, between Altman Car and the school of arts. And there was just this Astro in front of me. And I was like, oh, jeepers, this is just unbelievable. And and I think that that, that we were... I mean, I think JP got a turf soon after that, but I mean, we were one of the first to get uh, the opportunity to have a facility like that at our at our school, and just being able to train on it so much. And I mean, you can imagine we didn't only practice in our practice slots. Like I would catch the early bus to school so that we can have a, a thirty minutes of swervies before, and then you would you would steal a little corner of the pitch um, while other teams are training. So you can work on something. Then you have your training. And then afterwards you would, um, <laughs> you would stay there until you got picked up. So we just, we afforded so much time on the pitch to be able to learn. Um, and it definitely at that point, it gave us the advantage over many other schools. Um, a lot of obviously caught up, um, but back then we, we certainly had an advantage. Um, so yo, that was, we were blessed to be honest. Yeah, you certainly were. And uh, Ricky, I mean, congratulations on, on achieving such tremendous success uh, in a, a relatively short uh, lifespan so far. And uh, years wishing you all the best in the future. And uh, 
the coaching spheres, the business spheres, and, and who knows, maybe even some, some more future playing spheres. But uh, before we, we say our proper goodbyes, uh, we need to wrap up with the dreaded one question quiz. So here we go. That incidentally, yeah, Derek, that that won't give us any copyright infringement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, do, do you know what what country's uh, anthem that is? Incidentally, Ricky, it's not the question. Uh, yeah. Derek, one of the no, it's, uh, sorry, the signal broke up. I couldn't hear so clearly. <laughs> I'm going to play it again. There, here, here we go. <laughs> What country's anthem is that? You know, I thought I got away from difficult <laughs> questions like this when I was in the uh, the lockdown quiz um, <laughs> a couple of weeks back. Um, I guess. Uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, correct starting letter, though. It is Sweden, Sweden's national anthem. But uh, don't worry, you aren't out of the woods just yet because that wasn't your question. Um, okay, so... Uh, quickly, let us know again. Good tank. What does that stand for? Goal is to achieve national colours. Okay, that is a fantastic acronym. Well done. Copyrighted by you. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to use it in the future, you know who to credit for that. But uh, there's uh, a couple of other acronyms that exist in the world, which a lot of people don't actually know that they are acronyms. One of them is the word scuba. What does scuba stand for? I have scuba dived, but I don't know exactly, but I would say submerged compression under baris, bar, uh, barometric um, air. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if you got any, any of the words correct. Uh, you got half of under. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can give him under and... and uh, <laughs> Barometer's got to do with breathing, so that's okay. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, but no, the, the official word of scuba, well, official words that make up the word scuba, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. It makes so much more sense after you give us the answer, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but, but Derek, I'm very intrigued Yeah. on what your connection with this one was. Uh, acronyms. It's because uh, of Gatanked. <laughs> that's why. So, yeah, that's clutching at straws, but I was like trying to work out how this relates to Ricky's name. No, no. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what the other question was going to be, okay? Because what we do in the past, Ricky, I'm sure you've heard because you are a devout listener of the show, is that we do also apply uh, a couple of uh, famous names to other famous people. Um, and I want to know, there was a band member... So I'm going to give you another shot at this. You can reload at the tee box. Here's your mulligan. Um, he was a member of a band uh, that had been going from 1964 to present day. His name was Ricky West. And what was the band's name? Derek, I might hook this one out of bounds as well. Um, <laughs> uh, Fleetwood Mac? No, no, it wasn't them. Uh, Renan for Get Down On It. It was Cool and the Gang. 
He's one of the founding uh, members, my, actually, Ricky. That was my second guess. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in my top 10. <laughs> uh, not, not to be in terms of the one question quiz, but uh, pretty much everything else that you have set your mind to, you have succeeded. So uh, there's nothing to be ashamed about getting this one wrong, I promise you. Uh, nine out of 10 is not bad. That's better than what we were getting in the in the lockdown sports quiz. We were t- Team Burgundy, we're holding up the bottom. <laughs> Ricky, man, it's been so good chatting to you. Guys, thanks so much. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy listening to the podcast and the magazine. Um, yeah, keep up the great work. It's, it really is something refreshing for hockey. Uh, thanks, and thanks uh, for you and uh, Sports Republic jumping on board and supporting our initiatives. We appreciate it and uh, we have to uh, get the support back your way in the future. Cheers, man, Ricky. Thanks, lads. Appreciate Cheers. it. Ciao. And another fantastic guest yeah, there, Ty. Well done. <laughs> yeah, Derek. I mean, obviously, it's, it's always great to chat to a player. It's always great to chat to a coach. It's always great to chat to a businessman. But when you get to chat to all three in one, it's just that little bit extra special. Yeah, I mean, it really, really is. And, and what a well-spoken guy as well. And, and yeah, I mean, he was, he was pretty, not outspoken, but uh, he made his presence felt at the Lockdown Sports Quiz a, a couple of weeks ago when he took part. Because a, a lot of the sports people that come on board, they tend to uh, go quiet because the questions are extremely tough. Don't want to scare anyone away, but, but they really are. Uh, and, and Ricky, even though he didn't know anything, um, he was very chatty regardless, which was great to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was he was he was not scared of uh, throwing an answer out there, whether it was right or wrong. And listen, they underplay it, but uh, uh, remember, they made it all the way to the final of the cup week, which is arguably the hardest week that there is. Yes, exactly. Um, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. But uh, Ty, listen, uh, that wraps up what's it, episode fifty eight? I think it is fifty eight. That 58. is sensational. Sensational. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you for episode 59. Like a man. Cheers, Cheers bye. Bye.